Hello and welcome to Toonami Preflight. You seem caught off guard. Did I scare you? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's caught the. I'm caught off guard at every moment of every day, but I'm still alive. <laughs> Congratulations. <Yeah. laughs> Job well done. It's a hard life. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about, what number is it? Number 62 on Paste Magazine's Top 100 Anime Movies of All Time. We're talking Macross Plus, the movie cut version, not the OVA. Yeah, because uh, that wouldn't be a movie then, and thus wouldn't have made the list. But correct, very similar. The four OVAs—they're almost the exactly cut. the same. It's yeah. pretty much like they just chopped the front and the end off, and no, they actually tucked them in. They add stuff to the movie. It's got twenty minutes of added footage. I thought it was the other way around. And then they redid some scenes. The uh, well, we'll get into that when we talk more. Sure. Um, and then because. Sometimes we run out of things to talk about. We decided to make this week's question of the week your favorite fighter pilot movies, yeah, combat pilot movies. There's plenty. We're uh, I was I mean, just trying to remember the certainly there's enough verbiage. for people to have favorites. When I looked yeah. online, there were several aviation blogs and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean it's. I we're think getting into a narrow movies for aviation nerds is definitely not the way that I approached. Yeah, my picks, but I can see people doing that. My yeah. picks are a very Small area of aviation nerddom. Gotcha. Um, They're not a big fan of fighter pilots. Fighter no, I mean, I, I wasn't intentional. It just when I looked at my picks. Have you ever I, seen the Blue I Angels? Zeroed in. Yeah. When I was a kid, we went out Were to there any cool accidents. No. <laughs> Sadly, everyone made it out alive. Do the Blue Angels still do their thing? I'm sure they do. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, if they're still trying to recruit people into the military, I'm pretty yeah, sure the Blue yeah, Angels yeah. and the, um, what's the Air Force ones? The, um, I don't know, the, the Stew Angels. Thunderbirds or something? The, the, the Red Angels. Red. <laughs> something. The We're Not the, the Blue Angels. Somebody get uh, Tom Bingham on the phone and start asking him <clears throat> questions. Uh, so let's get into it. Macross Plus. Plus. Oh, Plus. Forgive me. Macross Plus. So before we talk about Macross Plus, we have to talk about the whole sordid history of Macross in America, yeah. which we've discussed previously. Which is, but if if you grew up at the time, you didn't know anything was wrong. Right. Looking back on it, there were tremendous, Many things that were tremendous wrong. amount of things that were so, wrong. So what, what happened was Macross was one of the first anime to be repackaged in brought over to the U.S. in the 80s, uh, and it was repackaged as a show called Robotech, where they drastically edited things and made storyline changes, and then they actually took two completely different series and sort of retconned them as generational sequels to the first Macross, so it was Robotech and then the Invid Invasion, and it was actually like... yeah. Oh, the only thing they had, sim the only similarities they had, were they had Veritech fighters that sort of transformed or looked like Veritech fighters. In their defense, as a whatever nine-year-old at the time, I sure. was like, okay. Well, that was back when cartoons were just like, hey, get it out as yeah. quick as you can, and we got let's toys sell some to toys. Yeah. So uh, what 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 kind of still sucks though is that Harmony Gold, who owns the rights in the U.S. to the Macross property has continued to renew those rights, but they won't do anything with them. So it's basically, if you're anywhere in the world but the U.S., you can see Macross as it's supposed to be seen, and it's a pretty well-known, revered anime. But if you're in the U.S., you can only see the original Robotech cut of it with the terrible dub and, like, you know, like, it's not... 
<laughs> like, it's not a great. It's actually the worst country to be in if you're a Ro- Robotech slash Macross fan. Right. I guess so, if you're a Robotech fan, yeah. it's the best country great. to be in. Yeah. If you so, want to become a Macross fan, it's not very good. So Macross Plus, where Macross Plus comes in. So originally there was a sequel. There was a movie sequel to Macross, the series called Macross Two. But it was so widely sort of unlike yeah. that they win the Wayback Machine and just <laughs> yeah. zeroed it out. The, uh, Shoji Kawamori, who is the original creator, uh, who also did Macross Two, when he uh, two years after that in '94 he did Macross Plus and he retconned all of Macross Two to be like, oh no, that's a movie in that world about the events that happened during the series. So, so this is the quote unquote true sequel. So Macross Plus was released as a six-part or four-part OVA and then released in theaters a year later as a movie. And it concerns a completely new cast of characters, a generation after the war is over. Yeah, it's 30 years, which I think is always the default. 30 years, yeah, 30 years. It's been 30 years. It's been so, a while. So the Zentradi, who are the, the evil, not evil, but the race that was at war with humans in the original Macross, are now sort of, we're all sort of one happy right. Coexist. In intergalactic family. So uh, this show is about a, a half Zentradi, half human guy versus another human guy and their rivalry for the affections of a young lady, which, again, that's baked into the DNA yeah, of that's every Yeah, literally Macross every show. single Macross. And, uh, Not necessarily genetic makeup, but yeah. love triangle pitted against each other, usually to save... The world, the world yeah. from an invading force. Well, I mean, except in this case, one thing I, I like it, maybe it's because it's the '80s and it's super sincere. But one thing I've always liked about Macross is that it's ultimately about the power of love to conquer yeah. war, and sometimes the power of music, and sometimes the power of music, both which I believe in as well. So, like literally, the end of the series Macross was the main character Minmay, who was a pop star, singing love songs, and the Zentradi, the bad guys. Basically, falling, you know, understanding love, yeah. the feelings of love and not want and and basically not wanting because they didn't believe in emotion. Right. So it's like if if you took the Vulcans and turned them and explained what love meant to them, and they went, "Oh, yeah, cool, right. we're on board." So um, this really is sort of similar and, and a little bit ahead of its time. No, it wouldn't because Vulcans don't have emotion. Klingons, but they weren't attacking. Klingons have anger. They weren't attacking. Well, who are the Ro- Romulans? Romulans. All right. Okay. F- fucking nerd. Um, right. Yeah, because we're here. Not for that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's layers and there's layers. That's message board nerd level. Like, let's just try to stay out of Reddit. Let's just not okay. go that deep. Okay. okay? My bad. Um, so, basically, the setup is that these two guys are fighter test pilots. and They're testing out these new uh, machines. Simultaneously... There is a, an AI idol, so kind of like they have now, like the Korean and yeah. Japanese uh, artificial intelligence idol pop stars. And the idol ends up taking over the SDF-1, which is the giant ship in Macross, and hypnotizing everyone on board the ship because they made it too powerful. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I'm g- I was going to sing songs, but now I'm going to take over. ship. And it yeah. turns out to instead of just making people want love the music and buy all it's the just music, it's going to take over their. It's yeah, the it's, next level from that. It's, and way it's too military powerful. domination yeah. of the entire planet. So, so then, in addition, they stupidly also design a pilotless jet, much like ambitiously. The, I think they would much, prefer you to much call like it. the pilotless. See, I'm see. This all makes me nervous because we have driverless cars coming, and we have pop idols. 
And I'm not liking where this is going. No. But anyway, we don't have Zentradi, but otherwise, yeah, right I don't corner. like this shit at all. So um, the AI piloted uh, jet also ends up being taken over by this idle AI. So not only do you have the greatest worship in the world and everyone on board, which is as big as a city, hypnotized and held hostage by this AI. Now you have this experimental warplane that's also been taken over. So basically these two rivals have to A, save their girlfriend, and B, stop this AI from taking over the world. And oddly, and show that they are the best pilot right. and therefore the funniest deserve thing, the love. The funniest thing about the whole movie is it starts and even halfway through – Starts with them testing these planes, and then they just straight up start attacking each other. And the people on their base are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And they're like, "Shut up! I got to yeah, show them better than him." Because there is no attacking force, so but they're you just, still need to have buildings get destroyed and have all sorts yeah. of damage done. So they just go bananas, <laughs> they try to kill each other. And it's instead of executing these two <laughs> yeah. soldiers, they're, they're like, like, "Ah, those guys, you." Boys you're, will be boys. You're fired. You really got to stop screwing around. Boss says you can't cause millions in damage and try to yeah, murder each other. Yeah. So, uh, but they eventually settle their differences and work to combat the Sharon Apple is the name of the AI. Um, so what we have here is we have, a, you can't really find a good trailer from Macross Plus anywhere that's in English. So what we have is a scene from I believe it's probably from the OVA, but it's the best we could do because you really can't get Macross stuff over here that's not old. Um, so this is a scene basically of these two having a dogfight. And the interesting thing about this is, and the reason we ended up taking this as a subject, fighter pilots, is the Kawamori and uh, Watanabe, creator of Cowboy Bebop, he co-directed this. They were so serious about making the dogfights look right that they went to Edwards Air Force Base and watched and you know a bunch of yeah. jet flighters and in their maneuvers and stuff. So when you watch this, it probably is one of the best jet dogfights committed to film. Um, it just happens to be animated. But this movie is universally praised for how gorgeous it looks. It's probably one of the best looking '90s anime I can remember, and certainly the the dogfight sequences are incredible. If you like jets or planes or you know robots, so let's watch this scene. Completely hand-drawn. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, just imagine... It was all in Japanese, but just imagine two guys being like, I love her more! You're the worst! And that's kind of it. Yeah. But I would say uh, it's well worth watching. It, yeah. I think if you haven't seen... Macross before it's a little weird. I mean, it to doesn't jump in. It doesn't really tie back to the original show at all. So yeah. it's not like I would watch. Do you remember Love first and then this? But it's not. I think there you could watch either one. But I mean, it's a it's a really good um, anime, especially if you like dog fighting and yeah. robots, which I do. So on to our uh, topic of the day, which is what's your favorite fighter pilot movie? And uh, I'm gonna go first, and my pick proved controversial in our in our uh, just, focus group of two. Just questioning, not controversial. Um, well, you gave me the you gave me the frown face emoji. I gave you the side face emoji. Yeah, well, that's more than questioning. That's I think. really yeah. So my first choice is the 1983 
forgotten classic, I would like to say, uh, Blue Thunder, starring the great Roy Scheider, Mr. Potato Face himself. <laughs> um, only in 1983 could Roy Scheider be the like guy who's the action, the action movie star. But I do love Roy Scheider. Uh, He's really good in this movie and is awesome. He has been great from Chief Brody to his... Um, What's his guy on 20... 20- I can't, remember his, I can't remember his character in um, the French Connections name, yeah. but he's always great. Nope. Um, so the but, not Popeye character. So he plays a pilot. Does of, he play a fighter pilot? Uh, I mean, he the Blue Thunder machine is an attack helicopter. So I mean, to me, that's close enough. That's pretty close. It is pretty. And close. he actually it, shoots down jets in this movie. So would you say he's more of a combat? pilot or I mean, police helicopter pilot? Do we then have to say favorite combat pilot movie? That's what the question was. It was side face emoji. Yeah, I don't and think so. And then should we say combat and then you gave me the finger yeah, and we moved fine. on. Yeah, the Turned fingers, out to not be very controversial. The fingers, I mean it was controversial for five minutes. Yeah. it's The finger's what you deserve though. Um, okay. So, But anyway, this movie is largely forgotten about. They did make a TV series spinoff during the very brief 80s period where helicopter things were the shit when Airwolf was on TV. And uh, I think if Airwolf hadn't been on TV, the Blue Thunder series might have done better. It was too confusing, certainly for me as a 10-year-old, to be like, which one is which again? They're both awesome, but... It wasn't confusing for me because I saw Blue Thunder and knew that Blue Thunder was the one that's awesome. The uh, no, but which one was on? Like which the, one had Bubba and? Uh, right, that's that's, um, that's Airwolf. Airwolf had Bubba and uh, Dick Buckets, yeah. right? <laughs> so anyway, there was a brief kids today, millennials, whoever's watching this. There was a time in the eighties when the eighties the eighties were weird. Channels. Okay, like they they weren't like the nineties. They they were way weirder. Uh, and there was a time when you could have multiple shows about rogue helicopter pilots on television at the same time and it was not considered weird so blue thunder did well in the theaters um i think it's a great thriller it's it's rated r so it's weirdly like the premise is so the premise is definitely like action movie premise but it's like there's some gory stuff in it and it's like a definitely a rated r thriller and it actually has some serious minded elements to it it's a lot about the militarization of police prescient in its totally and it's uh, quaint now watching it now where they're like we can't let the police be militarized that would be terrible and it's like well guess what buddy Oops. that shit happened so anyway it's here, more the outrage that like yeah. it'll never be able to happen without without war in the streets mass uprising no no one cares um so let's check out the trailer if you, it, the movie's pretty much available everywhere and if you like helicopters roy scheider 80s thrillers or any combination there and like i think it's things. worth watching so let's check out the trailer They had the ultimate weapon and the perfect plan, but Murphy stole their thunder. That's weird. The the sound effect at the end in the end page is from Tron. That's a... It's a weird beginning Whoa. to that trailer. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a lovable scamp. <laughs> Officer Frank Murphy. That's and we a sweet ass ending. Why is every cop named Murphy in the 80s? Robocop was yeah. Murphy. It's just a working man. Murphy. They're all Irish. I mean, I guess that's yeah. true. A lot of cops are. Over index. Um, so next up is another 80s lost. I wouldn't go so far as to call this one a lost classic, but it's it's, it's a lot lost. Of, it's, a, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, it stars Clint Eastwood. Uh, which is always a plus in my book. Uh, and it's 1982's Firefox, 
about a pilot of a hyper-advanced stealth fighter. And it's very much a Cold War movie because he flies in, the like, the Ukraine. Um, and he has to, like, do a sneak mission. The whole movie is built around the idea that this is the only guy who can fly this jet. And only this jet can do this one mission. And they have to get him and the jet behind enemy lines to f- to fly this mission. So and This was like when you could build an SR-71 model kit. And yeah. the military is still like, no, that plane doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the whole movie builds to this basically 20-minute long action sequence at the end of Clint Eastwood's character taking this jet through. And the effects are super dated. Like, the effects do not hold up at all. Um, But the movie is hilarious as a Cold War touchstone and a fun watch. I I did a promo for it when I worked at TNT in the 90s. And even in 96, it looked like a thousand years old. So uh, I don't even know. Not quite ahead of its time, but very... (laughs) Just CG, quite of its time. Yeah, just very much. It's like of this its is time. the best we can do. Um, oh, no one's going to expect it. To I mean, it's like Clint Eastwood, and he produced it, so I think it was like, ah, it's fine. It's yeah, it's just yeah, hurry up with the effects. So uh, this is the trailer for 1982's Firefox. The plane Firefox, the most devastating killing machine ever built. The weapon system is. One of the most advanced ever conceived, with a thought-guided, thought-controlled arsenal on board the plane. If the Soviets can mass-produce it, it will change the structure of our world. The man, Mitchell Gant, the most daring U.S. fighter pilot ever to fly a plane. So I don't want you to think I have a chance in the world pulling this off, is it? Clint Eastwood in one of the most incredible undercover operations in history, Firefox. That is a weird trailer. That made it seem like it's a true story. That made it sound like it's a true story. So I forgot. This is how much I love the movie. I totally forgot the real, the actual plot, which is that they have to sneak Clint Eastwood into the country so that he can steal the jet, which is that clip of him just shoving, shoving the, the guy's guy. face. That's him stealing the, the jet. Frames. It's like... I was like, oh, did the thing crash? I just like it's, it's like- the most advanced fighter jet in the world, and the security is a guy. You just go, shut up, and just get in the plane. Uh, but it's Clint Eastwood, so what are you going to do? If you're going to put Clint Eastwood in a, a fighter pilot movie, I'm yeah. going to watch it. And then finally, uh, my last choice is an old classic from 1966 starring George Papard of Banachek of fame, ben- yeah, one, of, one of Gil's favorite shows. It's true. And Jason they- gave me a framed Banachek <laughs> or you, yeah, no, you yeah, framed it. Yeah. A framed Banachek. Um, Back in the day, that's an old gift. Image that I have. Uh, image or photograph. Well, it's, like, <laughs> it's not even a photograph. It's like a... Printed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a It's, it's like the printed. back of the hey, VHS box. I, I color printed a picture of Banachek. Um, but, but you had it framed. It's No, it wasn't a slight on the gift. It's, but George is not a lot of <laughs> Banachek art out I, in the world. I don't think any of you youngins would know George Prepard other than maybe you might know him as the main guy in the A-team, the colonel. Right. Um, he loves it when a plan comes together and all that shit. But before he loved it, when a plan came together, he starred in a movie called The Blue Max in called 1966. Look, he's shooting me. Ah, ah, ah. Um, so this is like a three-hour movie, um, but it's a classic uh, fighter pilot movie. It, he stars as a young German pilot in World War One. And he's basically, it's basically the story of the World War One flying ace that Snoopy always wants to be. So 
it's weird because it's told from the perspective of the Germans, but it's also kind of interesting. Um, but it's a really good movie. It's got a ton of great um, World War I dogfights. Um, and Ursula Andress plays his love interest, um, who was very popular in the 60s. And I would think if you like classic movies or you like World War One or you like dogfights, it's worth watching. So here's if, I believe just a quick sidebar before that. If you look on George Papart's IMDb page, he might be known for Hannibal, the Blue Max or How the West Was Won in addition yeah. to Breakfast at Tiffany's. Weirdly, yeah. I got to contact them and get <laughs> the Blue Max is check. the Blue Max is probably of the movies he starred in the one that was best known it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I mean, it's a big old school epic. Yeah, he's the movie. Um, so let's check out the trailer for the Blue Max. There was no quiet on the Western Front. The time is 1916, when a new breed was born, a new kind of hero, the Air Ace. Here are the heroes, the cowards, the daredevils, blazing across the skies. Grabbing for glory four miles up above the thunder of no man's land. The Blue Max. I love long ass 1960s trailers. Yeah. Fun fact: back then, when they dropped bombs, they just, they just literally had them at their feet and just threw a them six out the pack window. of bombs. Just, yeah, bomb. <laughs> like, uh, so those are some of my favorite uh, fighter pilot films. Mostly fighter pilot films. Yeah. Well done. Okay. Uh, first up for me is the 1991 Jim Abrams classic, Hot Shots! Exclamation point. Jim, Jim Abrams. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said Jen Abrams. So I was like, no. Jen Abrams? Jim. Okay. Jim. Hot shots. Jim. Hot shots. Uh, of Airplane and Kentucky Fried Movie and all those mm. kind of movies fame. Uh, this is basically the Airplane version of uh, Top Gun. This is them making fun of Top Gun. It's a spoof good, film. Good, good dogfighting? Yeah, they actually license a bunch of this. It's really more that Flight of the Intruder has good dogfight scenes because oh, they, they license Flight of the Intruder from there. Which is crazy because that movie was like if it wasn't the same year, it was like a year later and they're like, we yeah. got to recoup some of these Flight of the Intruder losses. Yeah. Uh, let's get out there and license this footage. Um, but this movie is funny. I actually like Hot Shots Part Deux, Just Do It more of the two Hot Shots movies, but that's really more of the Rambo you homage like the, Ram- the Rambo spoof um, better than the Top Gun spoof. Charlie Sheen yoked up, uh, I'm sure, fully natural. Fully coked out, yeah. Um, but uh, this movie's funny. Uh, you'd probably need to have seen Top Gun. Top Gun to get most of the jokes. For sure. But odds are you've seen Top Gun. Uh, so let's check out a fun little scene from Hot Shots. Ah, the open sea. Oh, God, I wish you could smell. I had my nostrils fried in Parmesan. Admiral Benson, I want you to meet Mr. Wilson and Mr. Rosner from Rockman Aviation. They'll be observing the operation. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, I'm all right, no problem. I slipped in the crab. 
Who put that crab there? Crab? I didn't see any crab. Don't tell me. There were two crabs. They work in pairs. I went to Annapolis, for Christ's sake. From the Pentagon, sir. We just decoded it. Oh, good. Here, help me with this. My eyes are ceramic. A bazooka round, a little big one. Or was it Okinawa? The one without the Indians. It's the final orders. We strike tomorrow at 0600. Excellent. Wake me up at 0530. God bless. My eyes are ceramic. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Fun fact, Lloyd Bridges looks a lot like my grandfather. Really? Yeah. Did your grandfather also stick a handkerchief? No, but he was, he was a very funny man. Um, next for me is also, evidently, based on my choices, you have to have been an actual fighter pilot movie made in 1986 <laughs> or a spoof of one of those movies to make my list. And that is very 1986 narrow, very narrow. Sydney Fury classic Iron Eagle. Sydney Fury, <laughs> as you well know, went on to direct Superman 4 and then which, came back to direct Iron Eagle 2. Superman 4, which completely killed superhero movies for yeah. a decade. <laughs> and uh, Jason Gedrick as the guy who's been in well, everything ever who you never know his name, and Lou Gossett Jr. So um, Lou Gossett Jr. is Chappie, Colonel Chappie, something, something. And uh, Jason Gedrick is Doug Masters, the most was American the, name of all time. What was the song from this movie? The song's like bigger than the movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's on the it Broforce. It's the, it's the, it's not Queen, it's... Um, well, I'll look it up while we see, anyway, look at the maybe clip. Maybe it's Queen. I'm not... Odds of me knowing a... A song better than you or slim to none. So I'm going to leave that to you. But uh, Doug Masters' dad, Colonel Masters, <laughs> played by Tim Thomerson, another amazing 80s actor, uh, is shot down by two MIGs behind, and trapped behind enemy lines. So the government has – he's on the wrong side of the border of – It is Queen. One vision. Nice. One heart, one soul. Um, so Doug Masters is a up-and-coming – pilot in his own right, not in the military. He trains with a tape recorder in his little plane, and uh, he Why? comes up with this... What was the tape recorder do? He has it because it, he rocks the fuck out, and that's how he uh, Oh, right. That's right. Because <laughs> um, so he like does a, that one scene... It's like, a, this isn't a video game. Oh, isn't it? He does the one scene where he's flying the plane, and he's racing the dude on the ground in the dirt bike, and he's like <laughs> zipping yeah. through the canyon. That guy actually died shooting stunt film for Top Gun, well, uh, sadly. Wow. So, I, was, I thought you were going to say he died on this movie. I was like, well, at least he died for a stupid cause. No, he died in the um, if you die, flat spin. If you die making Top Gun, then you died for he a was, good cause. He was doing the flat spin thing, and he crashed his plane. <laughs> Probably not a good idea to do the Turns flat out, spin. when it's a thing that's supposed to crash well, your plane. And then weird to explain that as a, as, as a family member. How did he die? Well, he died spinning out. Ooh. No, 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 he meant to. Yeah. But he... Well, he was a... Very accomplished stunt pilot, yeah. so he had it. Well, evidently not that accomplished. That is some cold <laughs> shit. Um, you brought it up. Let's just watch the clip. Wait, I haven't finished setting it up yet. Oh, my God. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. <laughs> this, right. this plot of this movie does not matter. So they're going to rescue his dad, and Chappie does not think Doug Masters is quite ready. Can't He's not ready to go behind enemy lines. So they got to steal two planes, get them to the med, the Mediterranean. That's military speak for the med. You had your chance. We watched. I know, but this is going on forever. And we the, watched the a fourteen. Not that long. It's funny though. Okay. They got to get two planes to the med. Right. Behind fly them into lines. Turkey yeah. or wherever the fuck they're going. Yep. And so they use the children of all the colonels and some bizarre network of '80s TV stars 
But this is the training exercise to make sure that young Doug Masters, young Doc McStuffins, yes, is actually ready to go. Um, you can see some of the witty repartee in between the two of them. So let's check it out. Sanko, cut it. You can't go in there with you shooting like this. All right, turn this thing around. Let's let's head back to base. Damn it, Chappie, I'm doing it my way. I don't think that needed that setup. <laughs> well, the clip was really short, and we I, had to make it to an hour. I so. thought that uh, Firefox might be the most '80s movie, but no, no, I was no. completely wrong. That is the most '80s movie we. Firefox hear. had no. Firefox is too early '80s. That, yeah, this, it's still sort of like, '70s. This is pure this is '80s, dead ass yeah. '80s, <laughs> right in the middle. They uh, evidently rushed the release of this movie because to uh, get it ahead of Top Gun because they knew oh, it just, came out before Top Gun. Yeah. Oh, well, I think. I thought it was like a post-Top Gun. Thing. No, it was like... We ought to be first. Yeah, yeah, it was the Towering Inferno and whatever the other Towering Inferno movie yeah, that is. That no one remembers. Time, yeah, yeah. Not that, but. And then lastly for me is so obvious that we still couldn't not keep it on the list. At least I couldn't. And that is... You couldn't, yeah. Tony Scott's 1986 Top Gun. A fine recruitment film for naval aviators everywhere. And there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, I don't understand how it's taken this long to get there. I don't know. I guess, I mean, I would think that the cruiser would just be making full-on Reacher movies at this point. I mean, I don't know why. I guess, I don't know why you wouldn't just throw Michael Bay at it, get a bunch of government contracts, and make yeah. Cruise the crabby instructor, and just figure out a way to bring no one cares Anthony Kev- Edwards back. No one cares about Kelly McGillis or Anthony Edwards. So. Um. But yeah, there's not really anything to say, so let's just watch the greatest scene from Top Gun in Top Gun history. Anthony Edwards listed at 6'2". Tom Cruise listed at 5'7", which really means he's probably 5'3". Yeah. <laughs> and there's not a single shot where they're... Yeah, there's a I couple... guess that's why he's wearing jeans, is because he's A couple got... things. What What's more manly in military than volleyball? Killing people. W- why is Tom Cruise wearing jeans? Because he's wearing stilts. And I don't know about you, but when my friends are really sweaty, I don't want to like wrap my arm around them. You know that's a lie. <laughs> so... Those are some of our favorite... Oh, and the new movies of... Tom, Top Gun 2 is a failure if they don't have an updated volleyball scene. Would you agree? Yeah, what would be... You think they would play volleyball play again? Play volleyball again, but now they're wearing short shorts and, you know, it's The Rock or whoever they get. You know, like, they just plus it up yeah. in all regards. <laughs> Go full, <laughs> full volley on it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some of our favorite 
mostly fighter pilot. I bet movies. we're going to see a lot of these same movies on these lists. Let's check out your <laughs> Facebook. I don't think picks. Firefox is making the Top list. Top Gun, Star Wars, I can see that. Yeah. Iron Eagle, Independence Day is one I didn't think of. Yeah. Stealth, uh, is, stealth is so fucking bad. That is the worst movie in the world. But I guess people were like, I don't know, stealth. Yeah. In fairness. Or what? somebody who said stealth said something funny and then that just got that million uploaded. likes. So let's check out the Toonami Facebook picks for your favorite fighter pilot movies. Top Gun. The last, last Starfighter I almost did. I that's love a good that movie. one. That's a good one. Um, Star Wars I just don't consider, but it's a fine yeah, choice. But it has a great dogfighting yeah. sequence. Iron Eagle and Independence Day. That's really more when we do space yeah. dogfighting scenes, yeah. movies that contain those. None of my movies made the list. Pretty bummer. Well, um, Blue Thunder would be a good choice. People yeah. just haven't. We're too old yeah. to be no, in no, the no. training. I mean, yeah, I understand why I'm, I'm old. Uh, Firefox. <laughs> that's a, that's you gotta a, love Clint Eastwood like I love Clint yeah, Eastwood. That's a pretty narrow target. I really hit. love Clint Eastwood. And we're only giving top five, so they uh, might have been in the top ten. I didn't <laughs> see the you. full I pre- list. I appreciate it. So let's go to uh, this week's sneak peeks. So first up, we have a uh, topical for episode 23 of Dragon Ball Super. And I don't know what's happening now. Freeze is back? Yeah, and they're... Um, I'm like four episodes behind. Having the, the fight. It's okay, cool. So let's... More or less. Uh, I know that Piccolo just got his arm chopped off. Yeah, snapped off. So let's, so let's check out uh, Dragon Ball Super Episode 23, Topical. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Here at last, Goku. I've been waiting a long time for this. And I thought we were done with you for good, Frieza. <laughs> to ensure that doesn't happen again, I'll take my final form from the start. Now it's my turn. Dragon Ball Super. Saturday at 11.30. Hold on, Vegeta! Only Toonami. Hold on, Vegeta, I don't think is a very effective strategy. That's not going to stop him, I don't think, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we have a topical for Attack on Titan, episode 209, uh, this Saturday night at 12.30. Let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of Attack on Titan, Erwin and the rest of the rescue party set out from Wall Rose. And in the forest of giant trees, Aaron and Amir are still recovering from their last battle. Cut off and behind enemy lines doesn't seem to be the best place to Titan shift. But with little gear, less hope, and even fewer arms, can they hold out long enough to regenerate? Get ready for a new episode of Attack on Titan, Saturday night at 12.30, only Toonami. Little gear, less hope, and even fewer arms. Well done, Gil. You wrote that, I I, I assume? I did. So uh, all the Attack on Titan topicals, for better or for worse. So. Well, why don't you... Att- You're welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> why don't you announce the next thing we're going to show? Uh, so the next thing we're going to show is the Attack on Titan Marathon, which, uh, even though the holidays actually land on a Saturday... It's close enough that we're scooping it up with a marathon. People go out of town on July 4th weekend, yeah. the weekend before July 4th all Jason's the time. Jason's favorite holiday. <laughs> my, my least favorite holiday. Uh, so we're showing all of season... Oh, sorry. Fun fact, we'll be at Anime Expo uh, Sunday During that this, weekend. Yeah. After this marathon is run. Yeah, we'll be at Anime Expo on the Fooly Cooly panel, so you should... Um, so come on by. We will not be at the Production IG panel we on Saturday. Be. No, but we will be at the Fooly Cooly panel. But you Cooly should go panel. to that. 
and definitely come. And there will be something worth seeing at the food. Unlike last year, it won't be both back to back with a right. <laughs> giant strange. Room, yeah. Do we clear the room? Do we not clear the room? That's a little fiasco. Might be that's a, a little, little inside bit, baseball for you, uh, Anime Expo folks. But check us out if you're there. Uh, uh, and speaking of what we were talking about before, Attack on Titan Marathon, all of season two, up to up episode. to episode nine. Gotcha. And then we're coming back with episode 10, 10 and 11 right. on the 8th. Cool. So Let's Marathon check. on the 1st. Let's Here's the promo telling you all of that. <laughs> Time to throw some Titans on the grill and relax with a long weekend and a marathon. We've got multiple Titans incoming. Catch up on the story or just relive the glory of season two of Attack on Titan. Fire! Get ready for an all new episode July 8th at 1230. Humanity has lost. Like hell it is. It's the Attack on Titan Marathon, next Saturday night from 11 to 3.30. Chow down. That's nice. amazing script writing, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and I did. Uh, and last is another bit of... This is all gill all the time. Fantastic writing, and that yeah. is our game review for the game Prey, which Jason thought he wasn't going to like... When it was announced, mm. then thought, I would. thought he would like when we first started playing it on Game Humpers. Then played it. Played it during Game Humpers and decided he would not like it. Yeah. We were pretty terrible in that Game Humpers day at playing the game. Um, the game, the game also, definitely has its game also has flaws. control issues that I guess you can get over by by the time you, you play yeah. it for a while. We turns out we played probably the worst hour to show people and we did it for an hour. Um, well, we did about what would normally take about 12 minutes. We had taken an hour. I blame the game. Um, I blame. I played a lot of games. I, I blame don't myself. Run into trouble uh, in the first hour of any game. Um, we but, had some. But let's check out what issues. let's check out what Tom has to say yeah. about prey. Let's do. I love a good survival horror game, and when I found out Prey took place in a space station to boot, I knew I was going to be down. You play as Morgan Yu, a scientist who's preparing to work on Talos One, a space station your brother runs. I know the test might seem a little unconventional, but that's a you family tradition. Pretty early on, you'll learn that not everything is what it seems. Talos has been taken over by an alien race called the Typhon. And it's your job to figure out what's going on. Hello, Morgan. Tough day, right? Pick up clues along the way and get neuromods to upgrade yourself in all kinds of ways. You can also 3D print pretty much anything you can find the plans for. Pick up enough old banana peels and dead typhon guts, and you'll be making shotgun shells and more upgrades in no time. If you're not careful, you will die a lot. Save often. It's tough to talk about the plot without ruining it, but you have a lot of choice on how people see Morgan. Morgan? I owe you one. It's all up to you. Hey, over here! Open this door! Please! Prey definitely has some flaws. Loading screens into basically more loading screens start to wear pretty thin. But if you like exploring a sometimes empty, sometimes incredibly full space station and piecing together a mystery, Prey might just be for you. We give it an 8 out of 10. It's all about who you trust. We need to get the arming keys and destroy Talos 1. And who you don't. Cool. The reserved tsunami, eight out of ten. I saw a funny qualified praise. I saw a funny. I'm going to get the actual language wrong, but it amused me. And it was somebody breaking down our game ratings, and it was like seven and a half, the absolute worst game I've ever played, and a complete <laughs> piece of shit. Eight, 
most every game. Eight and a half has some flaws, but I really like it. Nine, everyone else thinks it's a great game, but we don't like this thing about it. Nine and a half, probably never given, and a ten is Skyrim or Zelda. And I was like... Have we only given tens to Skyrim and Zelda? I, no, we gave Last of Us a ten. Yeah, but... I read I read something the other day that someone was like, Tom always gives the most legit game reviews. I think that's actually We've true. We've been doing too. it for 20 years. I think we do a good job. So uh, We don't review games that we think are bad, not because we waste, don't give... It's a waste of time. It's too much... It's too much effort and yeah. potentially sets us up to be in a weird situation. A, so. Well, it also is a waste of time. you got to spend how yeah. much time on a game you don't like? Jesus. Yeah. We're not game reviewers for a living. Come on. Well, we um, kind of are. So uh, finally, we have the second part of our behind the scenes of our Tokyo trip. But ultimately, we still have singles to talk about. Um, so let's check that out. Uh, we're going to basically look at... We went to this place called the Robot Bar that is really more of a... Gil called it medieval times, but with robots for Americans in Japan, which is kind of what it is. That's really their slogan. Very much, off very their... much a tourist trap, um, but Jap- a great one. Japanese people don't actually give a shit about it at all. It's very much for yeah. people who to come to the country and be like, "This is crazy." Yeah, but it is crazy and it is super fun. Uh, I've done it more than once, as have I. Um, so let's check out. This the- is also uh, a behind-the-scenes look at the behind-the-scenes of our fully Cooly shooting. Yeah. So it's so a it's a bunch of shit. It's great. Check it out. Indeed. We're standing outside Production IG Studios, just down the street from Production IG Pizza Restaurant, and we're here to shoot some behind-the-scenes footage for a show to be determined. I think we know what that show. Oh, is. Oh, it's fully Cooly. What, what show is that? Fully Cooly. Okay. So here we are inside of Production IG headquarters doing our behind the scenes stuff. And I am behind a huge wall of goodies that is full of so much cool stuff. So all that over there, all that over there, even up there, like way up there, the plane. So in this building is where most of the animation is done. There's more than one building though. and we come here pretty much every time we go to Tokyo working on this show. This is where the magic happens. This is the time of day when jet lag takes hold. My body thinks it's one in the morning, but my brain tells me it's two in the afternoon. And these lights are not helping. This is Maki from Production ID, president. What is this? Rainbow soft serve. Rainbow soft serve. Strawberry, puppy milk. Better start eating uh, Soda, chocolate. I don't even know what that is. Melon and green tea. You're going to eat all that yourself. You're going to eat it all by myself. Look at that. Don't let her spite. And I'm having one green tea cone. Now, in Shinjuku, heading to the robot bar. Just look at how crazy this place is. Oh, 
So uh, we didn't have an end because I just kind of shot stuff haphazardly, and then I got too tired to think of an end, and Gil didn't shoot shit because he's lazy as fuck. That none of what he just said is accurate. All of we don't have an end because all the end that if you watched I, it's all last week's behind it's the all scenes, accurate. Jason interrupted me and said, "We'll shoot right. the end later right. on." Because I thought we would shoot more, and then I was also and helping I thought produce Gil the would, actual shoot. Gil would shoot stuff, yeah. and I wasn't shooting at Gil the robot bar. Produce the shoot. Um, Jason sat in so, the room that he and was in. Guess and, what Gil did? He stood right behind them. That's not true. Yeah, you did. You didn't do nothing. Um, so, so this was our wrap-up for the end of well, we just wrapped Behind the Scenes. We wrapped it up. Nice I, job. I explained what happened. Yeah. You didn't do enough, so it's your fault. Cool. So finally, we have uh, this week's Adult Swim single. Uh, we have released several already, so go to adultswim.com slash singles. And this week's song is called Frostbite by the great Tanya Tagok. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think I am. Uh, but she's an amazing uh, throat singer. It's incredible. Um, if you haven't heard her, you should, because she doesn't sound like anyone else. One of the best vocalists working today. So I'm really happy we got a song from her. So let's check out Frostbite by Tanya Tegak, and you can uh, stream it at adultswim.com slash singles. come back next week and we'll have another one and we're going to have tracks all 52 weeks this year so keep coming back and that wraps up our broadcast do you have any final words for our audience no okay well thanks for watching Tsunami every Saturday night from 11 to 3 30